everyone, and welcome to the Flatlining Podcast from Fulcrum Strategies. I'm Matthew Hambly, and with me is our president and CEO, Ron Howergan. Ron, how are you, sir? I am good, thank you. Today, we are talking about something uh, that providers need to worry about and seniors need to worry about, and that is Medicare Advantage. Open enrollment period is approaching, as it does every year, and I'm already starting to see some of those ads on TV. And there's several uh, news items about different promotional partnerships that have been happening with Medicare Advantage. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about who it's for. Does it actually save money? You know, what's the deal with some of these promotional partnerships? And should providers be caring about Medicare Advantage as some hospitals continue to go non-par? So, Ron, let's start with uh, the basics here of Medicare Advantage. You have traditional Medicare, which is your red, white, and blue card issued by the federal government. How is Medicare Advantage different and what was its purpose made for? So Medicare Advantage is different and its whole purpose was designed to cover those things that your red, white, and blue card don't cover. You know, the traditional Medicare has a coinsurance where the person pays a percentage of the bill, a deductible, um, and on the pharmacy benefit has what everybody knows is the donut hole, a part where you know Medicare doesn't pay for drugs. So the Medicare Advantage plan, and was, when they originally started, they were called supplemental plans, mm-hmm. were designed where they would cover those things. So you wouldn't have to worry about coinsurance. You wouldn't have to worry about deductible. You wouldn't have to worry about the donut hole. You could pay some fairly nominal premium and get all of that covered. So it was really kind of a, a good and interesting idea to help seniors who many are on some fixed income, et cetera, mm-hmm. not have to worry about paying a deductible if they have uh, surgery or not having to worry about paying coinsurance for certain things. So that's really what it was designed around doing what it does today. So the for for the, those of us that are younger, like me, who've never had to give any thought to, you know, our red, white, and blue card, the, the traditional Medicare card, you know, so it sounds like what you're saying, traditional Medicare has got some sort of deductible um, that you'd have to pay a copay, and, and it's a little bit different from Medicare Advantage. Yeah. Yeah. There's Medicare Advantage provides the seniors who have them much more benefits, you know, less Mm -hmm. out-of-pocket expense, um, significantly better benefits. And that's why it's been so, you know, successful. So if it's less out-of-pocket expense for uh, the senior that has a Medicare Advantage card and it provides more benefits, in my head, I'm thinking that that must cost more for the insurers that that are providing these. So does it save uh, the federal government money and, and how? Well, there's a big question about whether it saves the federal government money. And mm-hmm. that's probably something that is extremely difficult to calculate sure. because what you would have to do is say, well, if this person didn't have Medicare Advantage, what would they have, have cost? What would their health status be, et cetera? Um, so I'm not saying it doesn't. It's saying it's probably very difficult to calculate. Some people think it, it saves money and some people don't. Um, what the insurance companies say is that some of the policies that they do, care management and you know incentivizing certain things from primary care, et cetera, lower the overall cost and save the federal government money. And I, I don't have any data that suggests that they're wrong, right? But you you really can't point to something very definitive that says that they're right. Yeah. Um, I've seen ads in recent years, and I'm sure you have as well, uh, that uh, for many seniors, Medicare Advantage is Medicare. And that is uh, demonstrated by the total number of enrollees. Uh, Next year, we're expecting to see 33.8 million enrollees in in Medicare Advantage plans. That's more than half of the population that is eligible for traditional Medicare. 
so as and it's widely popular with seniors, 95 percent of members are, are satisfied with the, the quality of their health care on, on a Medicare Advantage plan. Um, but you have a lot of criticism from folks like uh, Wendell Potter. And of course, Wendell Potter, you know, we've talked about him before, is, is, is mm-hmm. kind of big into the uh, the universal health care, single payer health care, uh, Medicare for all. Um, so why would folks like him or Senator Sanders, uh, I don't know if he's spoken on Medicare Advantage, but why, why would they be critical of Medicare Advantage when it seems like most of the people that are on it, the vast majority of people that are on it, uh, like it? And, um, and it's now more than half of Medicare patients. Yeah, so folks like Wendell are not critical of Medicare Advantage because of what happens to the patient. They, mm-hmm. they understand that these people get greater benefits, that they're generally very happy with it. A lot of these plans have very broad networks. Um, and so from the consumer perspective, that's not what their issue is. Their issue is they believe, and again, I don't think that the insurance companies could prove them wrong, that these insurance companies are making exorbitant profits, that they have sort of tricked the government into paying them significantly more money than they should. Um, And that's his issue, is that why should private insurance companies, um, for-profit insurance companies, make all this profit on seniors? Couldn't we have done this, meaning get rid of the, you know, the coinsurance and deductible without also lining the pockets, and this would be the kind of language that, that um, Wanda would use, of you know of for-profit insurance executives that, that make significant profits. Now, I will tell you that there is one piece of data that tends to suggest that um, there is additional profits in the Medicare plan. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that, um, for example, the Kaiser Foundation tracks is what they call the gross margin which is per enrollee, if you take the premiums that an insurance company collects and subtract out all the claims, how much money is left over per enrollee? Now that's not profit because out of that money, they've got to pay their administrative cost and claims cost, all that stuff. But it's sort of like, well, this is what you've got left over to pay all of your administrative costs. And then anything left over that is profit. So if you look at um, the individual market, the group market, which is, um, you know, the employer group market and the managed Medicaid market, all three of those segments have a gross margin of about $700 per employee or per enrollee per year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense that, you know, each of those markets, Medicare Advantage is $1,700 per enrollee per year. Mm-hmm. So one of their arguments that gets made is, wait a minute, if if they're profitable in managed Medicaid group and individual at 700 per enrollee per year, then they must be obscenely profitable in the Medicare Advantage at $1,700 per year per enrollee. Um, and I think there's probably some logic to that. Uh, if it were not a profitable line of business for the insurance companies, nobody would be would be doing it. Right. Um, so that's Wendell's thing: is why are we spending taxpayer dollars to provide profits to these for-profit mm-hmm. insurance companies? So who uh, we already talked about that it benefits seniors, particularly low cost or uh, uh, low income seniors that are on a you know a fixed income. Um, is there anyone? you think that who, who has a Medicare Advantage plan who really doesn't need it, you know, in, in a sense, who, who is it not benefiting by, by that person having it? Well, I think there's, there's probably two different scenarios where it isn't benefiting. One is a scenario where um, a senior buys a plan 
and maybe doesn't look into the details of it and they're you know the physician that they use for their you know their rheumatoid arthritis or for their neurologic needs or whatever is not in that network yeah and so they could find themselves having to break a physician relationship just because they didn't check it or in the middle of the plan that physician parts company with the insurance that's one the other and this is is really pretty rare is the the seniors who are incredibly healthy who aren't going to use a lot of that deductible or whatever and for whatever reason they're in a market where they're paying a premium for that coverage. Now, mm-hmm. the problem with that is, first of all, it doesn't happen very much. Second of all, it's a little bit like trying to predict if it's a smart thing for you to have auto insurance or not. Right. I don't know if I'm going to get in an accident. Yeah, you know, if I get through the whole year and I've never used it, then maybe it wasn't a smart thing. But then the same thing happens with these, you know, these Medicare Advantage plans. If you say, "Well, I'm healthy today, I probably don't want to buy one," and then you have you develop, you know, a disease state or have a heart attack or whatever, well, now it's too late. You know, yeah. that's the nature of insurance. Yep. Uh, but in, in general, I, I really don't think there's uh, there's many people that I would advise not to buy into the Medicare Advantage because sure. they're incredibly cheap. Yeah. For what you get. Um, let's talk about uh, what it is that you get because there's a you know a lot of these plans you know they come with a lot of uh, extra benefits like vision uh, some vision coverage or or dental coverage. And most notably, what I've been seeing a lot lately are promotional partnerships for some of these plans. I know here in Michigan, uh, Kroger started working with uh, Grand Rapids-based Priority Health uh, by allowing um, Priority Health Medicare Advantage members to get an allowance to use at Kroger. Uh, in this past week, the super chain, superstore chain Meyer announced that it is working with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan and offering a similar relationship. And the one that I thought was a little odd, Ron, but I suppose people will, there must be a market for it, is uh, the grocery delivery company Instacart and Alignment, uh, which is the Medicare Advantage plan, are going to be working together and providing allowances to seniors on Instacart uh, grocery delivery. So, you know, is what's the, what's the um, you know, the reciprocal benefit, I guess, from each of these retailers, as well as the, uh, the, the insurance company, to decide that we're going to go into this partnership, um, you know, what's the benefit there for, for those retail entities first? Yeah. Well, what, what they, what everybody's figured out with this marketplace, with the, you know, with the Medicare advantage or the seniors and their Medicare advantage plans is that two things happen. One, you get very targeted marketing. You know, one of the problems with any kind of marketing is I want to get to the people who are likely to buy my product. Which is why you see, you know, and I'll use sort of the, the gross example. I mean, you know, you see more, you know, beer ads at the Super Bowl than you do other things. Right. Well, who's your who's watching the Super Bowl? Guys who drink beer. Yep. Um, and so you you look for target marketing, and what you look for is customer loyalty. Okay. So what they've figured out is, in general, the seniors for a lot of things that they purchase are incredibly loyal. Okay. Meaning that. If they start shopping at Myers, they're liable to continue to shop there every week. Yep. They're not like, let's say, people who are, I'm going to go buy whatever grocery store is on my way home. And if I'm coming from different meetings, that yep. could be a different, I, I'm not that loyal. Okay. Um, so that you've got, a, you've got a, a population that is very loyal. You've got a population since you know, you know a lot about them, their age, et cetera. You know the things they like to buy. Okay. Um, you don't see, you know, a, uh, you know, a vaping company try to partner with a Medicare, you know, right. because it's yeah. not their market. 
Um, and they're incredibly loyal. So these companies, whether it's Instacart or Meyer and these others say, hey, I want to get access to that market. You know who they are. You can get them information. You know their names, their addresses. They're used to getting information from you. So I'll do this special partnership with you. It benefits Blue Cross or Alignment or whoever the carrier is because look at the extra benefits I'm bringing you. Mm -hmm. Just for being a member, you get this. Um, and so that's really the design around it. Again, for the consumer, it's a good thing because they're not paying for these allowances. Yeah. Um, they don't have to use them. Um, and it's good for the, the retailer who could get access to what could be very loyal, dedicated customers. I, I do think, though, that as Gen Z becomes in the Medicare age, that's when you'll start seeing the jewel, uh, you know, oh, yeah. centene requirement. A partnership yeah. there. Uh, but that'll be that that's a little ways down the road, assuming Jewel is still around and not uh, put out to pasture by some of these lawsuits. Uh, but that's not the topic of today's discussion. Um, so thinking about some of the these partnerships because these these I, I I find interesting because I you're right that you know you're targeting people that are already loyal to a particular store. Um, are there disadvantages to, you know, the Medicare Advantage plans for this? Because, you know, on the one hand, it sounds like kind of an expensive thing to be offering, you know, every senior, you know, $500 a year, $500,000 a year to, you know, use at a particular pharmacy or a particular grocery store. Well, first of all, it's typically not like if they say, hey, you get a $500 card at Meyer every year, mm -hmm. whatever the promotion is. Well, the insurance company's not paying $500. Meyer is eating some, if not all of that. Okay. Okay. So, and that's where sort of this benefit becomes because it's it's a little bit like why um, the grocery chains will have these um, promotional things for certain items where they actually sell it at no profit or below cost. Yeah. You know, where they're like, oh, you know, come in. Uh, uh, my favorite one is, you know, come in and spend more than X amount of dollars. We'll give you a turkey for free. Yeah. Around Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Well, what they know is people don't come in and just buy the turkey. They're going to buy everything else and they know what the profit margin is there. So, you know, a company like Meyer or Instacart or whatever knows that if I can get them in the first time and I can get them to spend and it'll take them multiple trips to spend, let's say, $500, they're going to keep coming. I'm going to make money on that, those other purchases. So, a lot of those things, the retailer may be eating the entire cost as a promotional expense. Okay. Uh, I want to transition now to talking about the the provider side of of Medicare Advantage. Um, I, I know it, we can get into the negotiation thing in a little bit, but I want to start with a story coming out of San Diego. Uh, Scripps Health, which is based there, uh, told Becker's hospital CFO report last week that they are going non-par for a, a number of Medicare Advantage plans, including Anthem Blue Cross, uh, Blue Shield of California, Centene United, and then some other ones that are uh, regional there. Uh, and part of their issue with it is they, uh, the 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 health system says they they're facing a loss of seventy five million dollars this year for Medicare Advantage contracts. Uh, how is it that for some of these contracts they could face that much of a loss uh, at a hospital? Yeah, th there's several things that are going on when you think about the provider end with these Medicare plans. Okay, first of all, Medicare in a straight fee for service environment is is low pay. Mm -hmm. and by itself is below cost for, for yep. most providers, whether it be hospital or physicians. Okay, so that you start from that perspective. What's happening with Scripps, for example, and happens a lot in California and in other states, is these Medicare Advantage plans have said, hey, we want you to take risk 
So if we're getting, and these are not the right numbers, if we're getting $100 to care for Mr. Smith here, mm -hmm. we're going to give you $80 of it and you are at risk for all that cost. And if he chews up $200 worth of expenses, that's on you. Okay, it's a risk transfer a capitated agreement. And there's a lot of that going out there. And those you can get underwater on fairly quickly. Um, one of the things that happened during COVID is all of the actuarial tables got screwed up right. um, because they were based on predictions of what expenses were going to be. So the first part of COVID, we had, you know, these massive expense increases because of COVID. Um, and we also had certain things that didn't happen because people weren't getting a lot of their, uh, you know, preventative care stuff done. Mm -hmm. So now we're coming out of COVID and people are wondering what long COVID is going to look like. They also have to sort of adjust the actuarial tables for, um, you know, the people have died from COVID and that were typically people with fairly high comorbidities. Well, what does that look like? I mean, mm -hmm. and I, I don't mean to be morbid here. We've talked about this on other shows, but overall, the general risk profile of people over the age of 65 in this country now is better than it was pre-COVID. That's because about 750,000 people over the age of 65 died from COVID and the majority of them had some other comorbidity. Mm -hmm. So, we don't know what, and we don't know what's going to happen for the people who didn't get their, you know, certain preventative services done and now might have more expense. Anyways, these capitated agreements can get upside down in a hurry. And that's what Scripps was talking about. The other thing that some, both hospitals and physicians are talking about, which is why they're starting to get out of these plans, is while Medicare didn't pay well, um, straight Medicare, it was easy. Okay. You mm -hmm. always knew what was going to get paid. They paid the, the claim, you know, quickly. So, it was at least simple. Um, well, you get into these Medicare Advantage plans, they now start to have other things that they do. Prior authorizations, right. pre-certs, yep. denials, slow pay, you know. And so those all add expenses to hospitals and physicians. And right now, some hospitals are saying, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. It adds expense to what is already low reimbursement, or I'm taking on risk I shouldn't. And the only way to get all this is to cut it, which the problem is that leaves all these seniors without a place to to get their care. Right. So for, you know, say for some of these seniors that are on, you know, a Medicare Advantage plan or particularly a PPO plan, because uh, there are some of those out there, you know, could they use out-of-network benefits at a place like Scripps? They may be able to. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of it depends on their individual plan. Yeah. And so they always sort of go back to, you got to, you know, look at your card, look at your plan, talk to your rep. They may be able to, but in some respects, that then eliminates the value of the of the plan because the right. plan was really to cover those things that weren't covered. And you're back into, you know, you're going to have to pay your co-insurance. You're going to have yep. to pay your deductible, all that stuff. And so at that point you should go back to the red, white, and blue card, yeah. which is to be honest with you, what a lot of these hospitals are hoping happens yep. is that these people will go, fine, I'll go back to my red, white, and blue card. The hospital won't take risk. They won't have to jump through all yeah. the hoops and they'll go back to the old, good old days of straight Medicare. Uh, are these risk-based agreements, uh, how popular are they? Are, are they are they only really in certain states, certain regions? You know, are, are they gaining in popularity? How much are we seeing of these now? So they are definitely much more prevalent in California than anywhere else. California has okay. been doing this kind of stuff for a long time. Um, they are, um, they're in most of the rest of the country to some degree. Now, some of them, let's say, will be rather than a whole delivery system, 
might be a light sort of gain sharing and risk agreement with a large primary care group or primary care network. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but some form of this is pretty prevalent through most of the country. Um, not nearly as advanced as, as it is in California. Okay. Uh, let's talk about, you know, individual providers and, and special specialists real quick before we wrap up today. Um, I know I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen as well, Ron, sometimes the payers try to force things like 80% of Medicare for Medicare Advantage plans. What do providers need to be on the lookout for when contracting some of these Medicare Advantage plans? Well, you need to be on the lookout on a few things. First of all, you need to be checking, you know, what is the reimbursement level? Is it going to be 100% of Medicare for everything? Or are there some things that they're going to pay less than Medicare? Some physicians believe that it's illegal for them to pay less than Medicare. That's not true. If you sign a contract that says you're willing to take less than Medicare for a Medicare patient, then that's what you're going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to want to look at, are there provisions in the contract that, in the Medicare contract that you really don't want them to do? Some of the contracts out there ask for direct um, connection to your EMR. Mm. Um, and the reason for that is they, they want to try to make sure they're capturing all the diagnoses because they can increase their risk score and get more money from the federal government. Well, do you want an insurance company mucking around inside your EMR? You got to look for things like that. Right. Other, there are other provisions as well. You need to understand, you know, how much extra administrative cost is this going to be um, are you going to have to do pre-certs that you didn't have to do? Are you going to have to do, you know, um, switching of drugs for certain things because they want you to fail uh, this drug first before you use the drug you want to use? All of those things need to factor into the decision of, you know, can I take care of these patients without it being a financial hit to, to my practice? Um, I was on a call earlier with somebody from the insurance companies and, you know, they were saying, well, geez, you know, if you don't, if you don't do this with Medicare patients, why did you become a doctor? And my response was, well, I understand that, but you know, these doctors don't get federal subsidies. It's a business like any other business right. that has to survive financially. And, and the, the analogy that I used was, I said, look, I ask any senior to walk into the Apple store and try to buy a MacBook for 40% less than what the sticker price is. And they're not walking out with a computer. Yeah. But that's in essence, to a large degree, what happens with Medicare. They walk into a doctor's office, they buy their product and appointment, and they pay anywhere from 50 to much more than that percent less for that product. And we sort of think that, well, you should have to do this because you're a doctor, but no one else does that. You know, there's no other business that would do that. Um, so it's, it's, you know, the provider should think about this very, very carefully, um, because I know they want to care for these people. They need care, but you can care for people until you're, you know, out of business. Uh, and finally, if an insurance, uh, if an insurance company tells a provider that they cannot terminate their Medicare advantage without terminating the entire contract, is that true or false? Depends on the contract. Depends on the contract. Um, mm-hmm. In some cases, it is very true. So some contracts with the providers sign that will have a, a, a master contract or the base contract, and then it will have product attachments. They mm-hmm. may have a PPO attachment, an HMO attachment, a Medicaid attachment, a Medicare attachment. Um, and depending on the language of that contract, in some cases, you can terminate just one of the attachments. In other cases, you can't. You've got to terminate the whole contract to try to get out of Medicare or Medicaid. Um, Now, what's really bad is some of those contracts 
allow the payer to terminate one of the attachments, but not the provider. Mm -hmm. So there could be a one-sided termination of, a, of an amendment or an appendix. Um, and so it really, you know, behooves you to sort of take a serious look at it because you could find yourself saying, I don't want to do this Medicare stuff anymore. And the carrier is saying, well, then you're going to get rid of everything else as well. Right. Ron, we're just about out of time. Uh, thanks for sitting down with me today to talk about Medicare Advantage. No problem. Happy to do it. Miss an episode of the Flatlining Podcast? Well, now you can read a recap. Just go to flatlining.net and look right there on the homepage every Monday for a written recap on last week's episode.